Okay, guys, we're gonna get pretty serious for a little bit here with our fifth theme. Fifth theme is thinking about the wrath of God should be sobering to us, and we should fear Him in a in the most respectful way and recognizing His power and sovereignty. So let's get into it. If you turn to Isaiah five twenty through 23 says woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and valiant men in mixing strong drink who acquit the guilty for a bribe and deprive the innocent of his right so we see this imagery here people getting drunk and accepting bribes and oppressing the innocent. And, man, like, there will be so much accountability on Judgment Day for these people. And when these people, you know, die and and go and face God, they're going to have to account for all these things. And we can take comfort in realizing that the Lord says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And I don't know about you, but that is so comforting to me because sometimes, sometimes you just think, man, like you look at the world and you're like, oh my gosh, like all these things are happening. You know, good people are being oppressed and evil people are getting away with it. They're profiting off of other people's demise. I mean, I just think of, you know, people who are dealing drugs or fentanyl or all these harmful harmful things and they are profiting off of people dying like literally and you see all this all these things happening with gender ideology these people who are promoting transitioning children and preying upon the weak or even people in the church even these even some like major major pastors that we hear of who are preaching false gospels who are preaching gospels like the prosperity gospel that says that you know God just wants to bless you he just wants you to be happy and you know if you just do all these things then you know you'll be able to be wealthy and you know get whatever you want from God as if it's about getting stuff from God and Man, those people, especially those in leadership, will be so accountable to God. And we can find comfort in that, that we don't have to execute our own vengeance. Because trust me, the Lord's will be so much better. So much better. And I know it can be so discouraging. When you look at the news, you look at the world, it's like, where's the good news, you know? There are so many bad things happening every day that we see. And we're like, our hearts just break. We see people trafficking children and just all of these horrible things and we say where is God why is there no justice and we can look forward to the day when justice will be served when the people who are trying to confuse the weak confuse those who don't know any better confuse children confuse new believers Those people will have to answer to God. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And be on the lookout for those things. Man, guys, like, this is why we have to get in the Word. 
we have to like that just we have to recognize when something is off because if we don't we can start accepting things that are false as true the devil used scripture when tempting jesus he used scripture and that's what uh, other people do that enemy the enemy still uses that tactic and so we have to be so careful to know what is in the word but also know what it means so i encourage you like get in the word it is so important and it is not boring. I promise you it is not boring. Like, I used to think I would be like, oh my gosh, like, reading my Bible is kind of a chore. It's so not. And just make that time. I encourage you because it is so vital to our spiritual health. Continuing on, Isaiah thirteen nine says, Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel, with wrath and fierce anger to make the land a desolation, and to destroy its sinners from it. Man, that's that's heavy, guys. Um, man, I cannot stress this enough. The wages of sin is death. Jesus paid that for us, but we have to receive that forgiveness. If you walk through life rejecting the forgiveness of God, you are going to feel his wrath. And as, as if you're a believer, you will be um, free from that wrath. Like, the veil was torn. Um, but if not, if you have not yet accepted Jesus, the fullness of his wrath will come on Judgment Day. And it's going to be far worse than you could ever imagine. And I... I say that to warn you and to encourage you to don't wait don't wait to seek the lord to ask questions say you know i i don't i don't know about this guy i don't know about following him but i'd rather know i'd rather seek because you know what i don't i don't lose anything from following the lord in this life but if what if if what the Bible is says is true, and the wrath of the Lord will come on this judgment day, then man, I you know I'm 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 glad that I that I believe. And those that don't, they're gonna lose everything. I lose nothing from following the Lord. But if you're wrong, if you don't believe and you're wrong, you have everything to lose. And it's not just in this life, it's forever. And so I encourage you, just think about that. Don't wait to follow the Lord. Don't say, oh, I think I'll start focusing on God. I think I'll start maybe seeking Him or asking questions later down the road. I've got plenty of time. The Bible says we are not promised tomorrow. So do it today. Ask those questions today. Study the word today. Get closer in your relationship with God today. Because we are not promised tomorrow. We never know when we will pass on, when we will be done. And so, yeah, I just, I just encourage you to, to press in. Press in today. Isaiah 59, 17-19 reads, he put on righteousness as a breastplate, 
and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing, and wrapped himself in zeal as a, clo as a cloak. According to their deeds, so will he repay. Wrath to his adversaries, repayment to his enemies. To the coastlands he will re render repayment. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream, which the wind of the Lord drives. So we just see, we see this imagery of Jesus putting on the armor of God. And it also says garments of vengeance, zeal. He is determined. He has set his face towards this to repay his enemies, to render evil as nothing. Um, so they shall fear the name of the Lord and his glory. We also see this imagery of a rushing stream of wind, again, representing the Lord's power and his control and sovereignty over everything. On judgment day, no one, no evil will be able to escape. The Lord will execute perfect judgment on those who choose to reject him. On those who choose to not respond. On those who choose to actively oppose him. And I just want to flip to Ephesians 6, 14 through 16 real quick. And look at that. So, that says, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all power, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So guys, like, this is... The Lord put on the armor, you know, and we are to put on that armor as well. He will repay, but in the meantime, we are supposed to put on our armor to defend against the evil one. This righteousness as a breastplate and helmet of salvation. And that is how we will extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one, is having these fruits constantly protecting us from the from the barrage of falsities that the enemy will try to trick us into believing are true and so i i hope that you will be encouraged by this and that god will intercede and has interceded but that he will execute justice in the end and put on that armor and repay wrath and um I encourage you to fear fear that name of the Lord. He has so much power. And in the meantime, while we're waiting for that, put on the armor of God. Our next theme is God is guiding all of history. His hand is in everything. So let's turn to chapter 14, verse 24. It says, The Lord of hosts has sworn, as I have planned, so shall it be. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. Now, I'm not sure where it is, but I think it's it's either in the Psalms or in the Proverbs. <laughs> um, it says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. 
Guys, nothing can stand in the way of the will of the Lord. I think sometimes we can think like, oh, you know, that probably wasn't God's plan. No, like God allows things to happen. It doesn't mean, I mean, God means, you know, good for the people that who love him, but God allows things to happen and he is not surprised or confused about anything in the past, present, or future. He knows all and he, yeah, he just, he knows everything and nothing can thwart the will of God. Nothing can thwart the plans of God. People can try, the enemy can try, but God is over it all. And it is his purposes that will stand. So find comfort in that today. That God's will will be the final word. Isaiah 41, 1 through 4 reads, Listen to me in silence, O coastlands. Let the people renew their strength. Let them approach, then let them speak. Let us together draw near for judgment. Who stirred up one from the east, whom victory meets at every step? He gives up nations before him, so that he tramples kings underfoot. He makes them like dust with his sword, like driven stubble with his bow. He pursues them and passes on safely, by paths his feet have not trod. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord. The first and with the last, I am he. The Lord is all-powerful, yet he helps the weakest. Like, he, guys, he uses the most ordinary, the most weak people because he says, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And he helps us renew our strength. And he can defeat anything. Like, he, he has his hand in everywhere in the world. And I think we forget that. I think we get so caught up in the news and being like, oh my gosh, this is happening. This is happening. How can God allow this? All of this stuff. But he is the first and the last. He has the last word. He has the final word. And everything is coming together the way that he planned it, even though we can be like, why? Why is this happening? But he alone is in control. Isaiah 44, 6 through 8 says, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I'm the first and I'm the last. Besides me, there is no God. Who is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and set it before me, since I appointed an ancient people. Let them declare what is to come and what will happen. Fear not, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? There is no rock. I know not any. God emphasizes here that he alone is Lord. The Israelites, you have to understand, have been struggling with worshiping idols. That is the one of the things that Isaiah is addressing in this book. And so... God addresses that. He said, who is like me? Who can predict the future? Who knows all and sees all? Who has the power to calm people's fears? But he says, like, I am revealing these things to you. So you don't have to fear. And I alone am the firm foundation. I alone am the rock. Um, side note, Maverick City Music's 
Firm Foundation. Such a good song. I encourage you. Go go listen to it right after this listening to this podcast if you haven't already. But yeah, God is just establishing that like man, again, he alone is in control. And the Israelites' idols will not be able to save them. They will not. Because they are nothing. They are made from human hands. They are they cannot do what the Lord can do because they are not God. They are man-made things. And I ask you today, are, are you worshiping an idol? That are, is, or is the Lord on the throne of your heart? What, where, did you, where do you spend your most time? What do you spend the most time doing? Are you constantly reflecting and getting in the word and praying and worshiping and serving others? And I realize that like, hey, you know, communion with God is not just reading your Bible and praying, y'all. It is serving others. It is working unto him, working hard. Man, it's such a good virtue. And I think we've lost some of that nowadays. It's like, you know, I just want to do my lazy girl routine so I can do the least amount of work possible. And it's like, no, like the Lord is honored when you work hard, when you honor your father and mother, when you honor your authorities that he has placed in your life. And so I just, I just encourage you if, if there is an idol on your heart instead of the Lord today, surrender that to him. And start spending more time with him. Start replacing those things that you would worship with things of the Lord. Set your mind on things above. Those last verses are kind of a segue into our our next theme, which is rebellion and idols bring destruction. Turn to me to turn with me to twenty two. Verses 12 and 13. And that day the Lord God of hosts called for weeping and mourning, for baldness and wearing sackcloth. And behold, joy and gladness, killing oxen and slaughtering sheep, eating flesh and drinking wine. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. I don't know if you guys have heard this before, but some people will say, eat, drink, and be merry, you know. Um, and the Lord calls us to be sobered by the extent of our own sin, to come before him humbly in repentance, it says, for weeping and mourning, for baldness and wearing sackcloth. And in the Israelites, he was expecting this from the Israelites. But instead, they were happy. They were rejoicing in sin. They were not they were, it says they were having a feast and drinking wine. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. They said, who cares? They had zero purpose. They didn't know their purpose. Well, or they didn't care about their purpose from God. And they openly rejected him. They did not trust in him. They did not say, oh, his ways are better and he is greater than us. They rubbed it in God's face by pretty much partying and saying, well, tomorrow we die. So it doesn't matter what we do today. And I encourage you, if you are that, if, if you are feeling complacent to sin today, give that to the Lord. 
the Lord wants you to come humbly in repentance to Him. And if you have caught yourself just being like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. And just seeking your own pleasure. Let me ask you, what has that done for you? What have your, what you, whatever you believe in done for you right now? Because if it's not of God, if it's just this pleasure, pleasure seeking of your own, I can assure you it will have done nothing for you in the end. You will find yourself more broken than before. On to chapter 29, verses 13 through 16. And the Lord said, Because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men, Therefore, behold, I will again do wonderful things with this people, with wonder upon wonder, and the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the discernment of their discerning men shall be hidden. Ah, you who hide deep from the Lord your counsel, whose deeds are in the dark, and who say, Who sees us? Who knows us? You turn things upside down. Shall the potter be regarded as the clay that the thing may be? made should say of its maker he did not make me guys who are we to say that we are somehow better than the lord or no more than the lord we say oh he doesn't know what i've done we think that if we don't say anything to the people around us about our our sins or you know we think we can hide from god sometimes think i think of this imagery of Adam and Eve in the garden. They eat of the apple. And then they try to to hide from God. And they try to lie. And we do this sometimes. We think that we can hide our sins from the Lord as if he does not know all things. And we try to put up a facade. You can't put up a facade with God, guys. He sees the most deepest parts of you that no one else sees. He knows your deepest, darkest secrets that you say, Man, if anyone know this part of me, no one would even want to be around me. Man, if they knew, like, they wouldn't love me anymore. But God sees those parts. And the wonderful thing about this is he wants you to tell him about those. He wants you to repent of those. But here we see that he judges Israel by saying that they will lose their discernment and their wisdom because they have rejected his wisdom. And they have pretended like they know. It says this imagery of the shall the potter be regarded as the clay. They turn things upside down by saying, no, we're in control. God, we know better. And... I, is any, I ask you today, has there been anything that you've been like, you think you you know better than God? Have you been trying to hide sin from the Lord as if he doesn't already know? And if you have, surrender that right now to him because he knows, but he wants you to tell him about it. He wants to heal you of that and to free you from that. Going to chapter 59 to finish up. This theme it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear. 
But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Sometimes we fail to take responsibility for our own actions. We say, man, God, why is this happening to me? Why am I struggling so much? I'm struggling. Why am I struggling so much right now? Why am I, you know, struggling in this relationship? Why is this friendship not going well? Why am I not doing good in school? Or it can be about, you know, even even bigger topics. That's kind of more like surface level, I guess. But we think that's, again, we think somehow that God is not powerful enough to save us. And we don't realize that sometimes it is our fault that life seems really hard and tough. Sometimes we are paying for sins that we committed. And it's not always like whenever we experience bad times that, oh man, God must be punishing me for my sin. But sometimes it is that. Sometimes our sins have consequences. And we can be paying for that for for years to come. But we must take those to God and not try and blame God and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did this. Like, this is what the Israelites were doing. And may we not be a people that does this, that says, you know, God, this is all your fault. I can't believe you would let this happen to me. And instead, accept responsibility for the problems that we ourselves have caused when we did not listen to the Lord and when we rejected him. And I've heard this said a lot. You may think it's cliche, but don't say that God is being silent when your Bible is closed <laughs> because the Lord speak to, speaks to us so much. And he doesn't just speak through his word, but he, he, that is a main part of it. And he speaks through others. And if you are not getting in the word and getting in Christian community, you will not have things to snap you out of it and realign your perspective. Okay, y'all get excited. We're on our last theme. So our last theme just is focusing on the salvation of Israel and the hope that we have in looking forward to the second coming of Christ. So first we're going to look at Isaiah 61, 10 through 11. It reads, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation, and he has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what, it's, what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. This is what we have to look forward to. And what we get a glimpse of right now, just rejoicing in the Lord's salvation, but one day will not be fully complete. When Jesus comes back in all of his glory, and that those seeds that were sown in each of our gardens... He will cause to sprout up fully, that we will become um, sanctified completely, and that he, Jesus will receive us as a bridegroom receives his bride. 
And it's just like this beautiful, this beautiful picture. And that's what we have to look forward to. It says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. We should get excited about this. Man, this is such good news. Like, this is not just news. The gospel is not just news. It is good news. And we should want to share this with others as well. And look forward to that day when, man, all the tears will be wiped away. And we will have full, perfect, amazing communion with our Lord Jesus Christ. And our, our pastor used this, this imagery for one of his sermons recently. And he said, I want you to close your eyes. And if you guys would do that right now, that would be amazing. Um, if you guys would close your eyes and picture heaven. What does heaven look like to you? What do you imagine it to be? Do you imagine the, you know, classic golden streets and mansions? Or do you imagine Jesus? Do you imagine the Lord first and foremost and just being in his presence and worshiping him? Because if all you see the golden streets and mansions, you are missing the point of what heaven will be like. It is this picture of the bridegroom receiving his bride. It is, man, we get excited about being able to worship God forever. And you may think like, oh my gosh, like eternity is going to like get boring at some point. Worshiping God is the one thing that we will never get bored of doing. Like heaven's going to be awesome. And you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna, again, we're gonna be, like, have the perfect bodies, and, like, be with the Lord, and that is, that is so exciting, I hope you get excited about that. Isaiah 65, verses 13 and 14 say, therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, my servants shall eat, but you shall be hungry, behold, my servants shall drink, but you shall be thirsty, behold, my servants shall rejoice, but you shall be put to shame, Behold, my servants shall sing for gladness of heart, but you shall cry out for pain of heart and shall wail for breaking of spirit. I think sometimes, I mean, I know I can, I can be like this. You see the wicked prospering. You see all of these, you know, rich people who are actively opposing the will of God who are actively trying to bring down Christians and persecuting them and even killing them. And we think, why do they get to be so successful? And we're kind of, we're kind of tempted to, to think that that's like such, you know, or maybe we're angered, but like, man, like they get to just, you know, do whatever they want. And I get to suffer as a Christian when I'm doing the right thing. And it's a hard thing to wrestle with, but we have to remember passages like like this one where it says my servants shall eat but you shall be hungry like in the end we will be the ones who will be rejoicing and let me tell you like the bible says that this life is but a glimpse it's like a blink of an eye in eternity we cannot even imagine the vast thing of eternity because we have nothing here on earth that lasts forever and it's hard for our minds to wrap around what eternity will be like. But man, it's it's going to be amazing. And again, going going back to what we were talking about earlier with the judgment and everything and God's wrath. 
like those people will answer to God and it won't be pretty. And while they may have, you know, temporary richness or, or wealth in this life, it means nothing. And it's just their, their success or what we think of so, so, so called material success is but a blink of an eye, but our success, our spiritual wealth that is found in the Lord will last for eternity and that is so much more valuable than anything that the world can give jumping to 55 verses 17 through 20 yep 20 for behold i create new heavens and a new earth and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind but be glad and rejoice forever in that which i create for behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy, and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed." So this is just talking about the the second coming when Jesus will, when there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And again, this is something to look forward to. Like what a joy and a blessing that we have to look forward to and that we get a glimpse of now that, you know, we will not, we will have no weeping or distress. Like imagine, imagine there's going to be no pain, no sin. For those who are found in Christ. And it says, man, this, this verse really hits me hard when it says, no more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days. We think of, you know, these, these sad stories of, you know, babies just dying right after birth. And it's such a heavy thing. And these, these young people dying in like car accidents and, and, and different health issues. God says, no longer will this be the case, <laughs> you know, and it, that's so comforting to me. It's such a beautiful time to look forward to. And right now, as we prepare for that, may we be a blessing to the earth. So he says, but be glad and be rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. Help us to rejoice in the Lord. And in that, be a blessing to those around us. Guys, I encourage you, be a blessing. <laughs> it's it's easy to get caught up in ourselves. And especially with social media now, it's so easy to be like, man, everything is about me. Like, I wonder what these people think of me. You know, I'm going to post this because I think it's cool. And, you know, so-and-so will like it. Or that girl or guy I think is hot at youth group is going to see this and be like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. I like her. But... No, like we're not meant to be self-centered people. May we be people that are focused on the being a blessing to others. Can you imagine what the world would be like if our goal in life was to love God and to be a blessing to others? And that's what God calls us to do. But so many times we fall so short of that. But I encourage you, like, take a step closer to being a blessing. Like, figure out something that you can do for someone each day constantly be thinking 
how can I serve? How can I be a blessing to someone else? Because everyone needs someone to care, to invest the time, put in the time. I mean, it doesn't even have to be like, oh my gosh, I'm like giving them a gift. I'm like, which I mean is great. Like hospitality is definitely like a gift in the Bible, a spiritual gift, which we should definitely use, but can just be giving someone your time, get being a listening ear. And like God honors that. He wants us to be a blessing like that. And we have this this wonderful joy to look forward to. And in, in the meantime, may we be a blessing. I pray that you and I would be a blessing to the world. That we would be a light in the darkness where they would say, something's different and I want a piece of that. I want a piece of that joy that she has, that he has. Isaiah 65 verses 13 and 14 say, Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, my servants shall eat, but you shall be hungry. Behold, my servants shall drink, but you shall be thirsty. Behold, my servants shall rejoice, but you shall be put to shame. Behold, my servants shall sing for gladness of heart, but you shall cry out for pain of heart and shall wail for breaking of spirit. I think sometimes, I mean, I know I can, I can be like this. You see the wicked prospering. You see all of these, you know, rich people who are actively opposing the will of God who are actively trying to bring down Christians and persecuting them and even killing them. And we think, why do they get to be so successful? And we're kind of, we're kind of tempted to, to think that that's like such, you know, or maybe we're angered, but like, man, like they get to just, you know, do whatever they want. And I get to suffer as a Christian when I'm doing the right thing. And it's a hard thing to wrestle with, but we have to remember passages like like this one, where it says, my servants shall eat, but you shall be hungry. Like, in the end, we will be the ones who will be rejoicing. And let me tell you, like, the Bible says that this life is but a glimpse. It's like a blink of an eye. In eternity, we cannot even imagine the vast thing of eternity, because we have nothing here on earth that lasts forever. And it's hard for our minds to wrap around what eternity will be like, but man, it's it's gonna be amazing. And again, going going back to what we were talking about earlier with the judgment and everything and God's wrath, like those people will answer to God and it won't be pretty. And while they may have, you know, temporary richness or or wealth in this life, it means nothing. And it's just their their success or what we think of so-called so, so material success is but a blink of an eye. But our success, our spiritual wealth that is found in the Lord will last for eternity. And that is so much more valuable than anything that the world can give. And, okay, we're going we're gonna to jump to 66 verses 12 through 14 it says for thus says the lord behold i will extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream and you shall nurse you shall be caught carried upon her hip and bounced upon her knees as one whom his mother comforts so i will comfort you you shall be comforted in jerusalem 
You shall see and your heart shall rejoice. Your bones shall flourish like the grass. And the hand of the Lord shall be known to his servants. And he shall show his indignation against his enemies. Again, this beautiful imagery of peace and glory. And it's described like this living water, this overflowing stream. That life in Christ is not a lack of things. It is an abundance. And it is an abundance of freedom and peace and love. And we are not being deprived. We are, being, we are thriving in what the Lord has given us. And we are rejoicing, and one day we will we will have full the fullness of joy. And it's and it compares, you know, it it mentions God as like a mother, like comforting us, and He is so compassionate to us, and He cares for us. And I think it is it's so beautiful to think about the fact that like, man, like yeah, God's wrath is serious, and we should definitely be sobered by that, but. You know, it makes his us even more, or it should make us even more grateful for his mercy. It's even more incredible to think about, like, man, we deserve that wrath. Like, when we were unbelievers, like, we, we, we deserved, we would deserve that, but God gave us the chance to be believers, to follow him, to be saved because of Jesus Christ dying on the cross. And that is so incredible, so incredible. And Isaiah's most used title for the Lord is the Holy One of Israel. It appears 25 times in this book. And it contrasts the sin sinfulness of the people and the glory of God and his rich mercy. And we see here this imagery of water compared to the fire of God's judgment. Well, I hope you all liked this episode. I've had such a blast just getting to open the word and talk to you guys about this. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you will go give us a follow on Instagram at Rides and Rejoice Podcast and um, answer the poll of what you think about this episode. You can do that down below and in Spotify. And I encourage you, like, dive deeper into the book of Isaiah. There's so much in here. I I mean, honestly, any one of us could probably study this for the rest of our lives and it still would not be enough to like scratch the surface on what God is showing us here. So, but I but I encourage you like do a deeper study. Go deeper. I mean, there there I have so many notes that I couldn't even get to with y'all. I can't like keep you on this podcast forever talking about Isaiah. But um there's so much richness in this and I encourage you to go deeper, go deeper with God and just get in the word. I cannot tell you how much like going through this book this summer and just saying like I'm going to, you know, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is going to, you know, read a couple of chapters of this. If you're someone who has trouble getting a desire to to read the word like pray and God ask God for that like he wants you to desire his word and he will grant that to you if you seek him and it is it's it's such an amazing thing the word of God I mean I've seen such a dramatic difference in just committing to reading the word and it will just really mature you in your walk with Christ and, um, yeah, I just hope you really liked this episode and there's so much more to come. I'm so, I'm so excited. Um, yeah, we'll have a fun episode, hopefully coming out next week with my brother. 
talking about a fun topic. I'm not going to spoil it for you guys, but I guess you're just going to have to tune in and see. But it's going to be lots of fun, and I hope you'll join us. See y'all later. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.